Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Rio Grande presents Calling All Cars with Noah Beery as Dr. Heinrich Müller. Calling all cars, attention all cars. Calling all Contra Costa County Sheriff's cars. Broadcast 49, a murder in Walnut Canyon. Stand by for description of suspect. good sense, 
he would not attempt to break the laws of society in the first place. But when you are called upon to deal with a man of education and breeding who sets out to commit crime, then you are presented with a different problem. Our story tonight could well be called The Perfect Crime. At least that is what it was planned to be for the criminal whose career we will dramatize tonight carefully built the foundation of his crime for two years. He anticipated, as he thought, every possible clue to the police could find. But he was not careful enough. He was pitted against his mind, against the scientific mind of not one individual, but a legion of peace officers. He lost. He was doomed to lose before he started. You cannot beat the game. Before I say good night, I would like to congratulate the Royal Grande Oil Company on the great work their radio broadcast, Calling All Cars, is doing to educate citizens and taxpayers to an understanding of your peace officer's problem. We whose lives are devoted to keeping the peace are very grateful. And now, on with the show. Much money, eh, senor? Yeah, Pedro. 
mine experiment tonight will make me much money. Oh, you will please give me some of that silk for my woman to make a dress, senor. Eh? <laughs> of course, Pedro. Of course. And I'll tell you what else I will do. I will match you Torres for some of that silk to make your daughter's dresses too, eh? Matular, Pero, senor, I am a poor man. I cannot afford to gamble. Oh, of course. I, I was just fooling, Pedro. I am a poor man, too. Oh, look. Here's all the money I have. Why, I haven't even a dollar. Look. Ninety-eight cents. That's all I have in the world. Well, senor, after tonight's work, you will be rich. Yeah, Pedro. After tonight's work, I will be rich. And then... Perhaps I can get for myself a new ribbon for my watch, Bob. Oh, uh, did I ever show you my watch, Pedro? No, I think not, senor. Very interesting watch, this watch. I got it from my core mate at Heidelberg. Uh, well, but you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, eh? No, senor. <laughs> it's nearly nine o'clock. Five minutes of nine, to be exact. I must get back to my work. Si, senor. You may go home to bed, Pedro. Oh, muchas gracias, senor. Uh, come on, Perico. Oh, where is he, my little dog? Hmm, I don't see him. Oh, there he is, uh, sitting at that locker. Hi, you. Swine. Get out. Oh, senor, you did not have to kiss me, Perico. Take that dog out of here. Or never bring him around me again. But he did no harm, me Perico. I don't like dogs. Now get out. Get out. And stay out. I have told everyone 
his right hand, trousers, pocket. And there, there now is my watch. <laughs> Pedro will recognize that, too. <laughs> mm, I hate to let you have that, Buddha Thomas. But, uh... <laughs> I think I can get another one somewhere with the two hundred or a thousand dollars worth of insurance which my wife will collect after my... Pardon me, Mr. Thomas. I mean, you thought it You look convincing enough to me. Dressed in mine clothes, with my 98 cents on mine watch in your pocket. Oh, you would almost pass for me as it is. Ah, but after you have been cremated, then, then, my little friend, you will be perfect. You done your turn. <laughs> Before the laboratory is completely destroyed. 
when the charred body is discovered on the laboratory floor, that of R.R. Beale of Pentecostal County is notified. He arrives on the scene with his son, Under Sheriff W.M. Beale, just after the doctor's wife. When the doctor said your assistant, you are the theory? Yes, what's the trouble? Well, there was a fire, and when the fire seals out, we find it moving. Whose place is this? This is the laboratory of the doctor Muller. And who is the dead man? He is the doctor Muller. How do you know? Madre Dios, the doctor, you may talk to him just a half hour ago. Bill. Yes, sir. Phone to the coroner and take a look around. Okay. Who's this woman? That is Senora Muller. Oh, I see. Big pardon, ma'am. I'm Michelle. Is this your husband? Have you any idea how this happened? He was working on a new formula. The chemicals are explosive. Something must have gone wrong. I see. Oh, he was the best man in the world. A great scientist. And a perfect husband. Of course. Will you send for the undertaker, Sheriff? Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we must wait for the coroner to arrive. The coroner? Why? He's dead. He's killed in his own laboratory. But he's dead violently, and in all such cases, the coroner must investigate the scene before the body is removed. Does that mean there must be an inquest? Yes. Oh, but, Sheriff, that's so unnecessary. I'm sorry, but it's the law. Very well. But won't you please get it over with just as soon as possible? Oh, yes, ma'am, we certainly will. No, I'd suggest that you go home and try to get some rest. Rest? Rest? What do you think I can get any rest tonight? Well, still, it'll be more sensible than standing around here in the chill air. Please do, ma'am. There's nothing more you can do here. Very well. I'll go. That's right. We'll let you know when the inquest is to be. All right, sure. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Yeah, right away. Good morning, sir. What can I do for you? 
Uh, Miss Miller's attorney, Thompson's name. Well, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, won't you sit down? Thank you. No, what is it? Sheriff, my client is extremely upset about this whole thing. Naturally. She wants to get it over with as quickly as possible, and I've come to see you to find out how soon the inquest can be held so she can dispose of the body. Well, I can't tell you that, Mr. Thompson. Why not? The Mueller met his death through an accidental explosion of chemicals. Quite evident. And there are some extenuating circumstances about this case that requires an autopsy. An autopsy? Why? Anyone can see that the man was burned to death. It was clearly accidental. It was not accidental, Mr. Thompson, and the man was not burned to death. He was murdered. Under the direction of Undersheriff Beal, officers investigate Dr. Mueller's movements for the past week, while the Undersheriff places Pedro in the lie detector of Berkeley Police Headquarters. One hour later, the young man reports to his dad. Well, Dad, I've had Pedro on the lie machine, and I, I believe he's telling the truth. Which proves what? Well, it proves him innocent. He's convinced that he talked to Dr. Mueller last night. Dr. Mueller showed him his watch, and Pedro described the watch, and the worn-out fog. Dr. Mueller showed him 98 cents and said that was all the money he had in the world. And we found the watch and the 98 cents on the victim. Right. Now, I'm convinced that Pedro had nothing to do with it. I'm ready to eliminate him and start searching for this brother Harwood. Oh, good morning, Dr. Lee. Uh, good morning, Sheriff. Well, I've completed my autopsy. Good. What did you find? The victim met his death by hemorrhage of the brain, caused by three heavy blows in the skull by some blunt instrument. How long ago were these blows struck? And the man has been dead two days. Yeah, but Pedro the Watchman claims he'd seen Dr. Mueller last night at 9 o'clock. Bill, I don't think the victim is Dr. Mueller. What? There's very great room for doubt. According to the statement of Mr. and Mrs. Carter, with whom the doctor had dinner last night, he ate spinach, beans, coffee, and pie. Yes, that's right. And I examined the contents of his stomach, and I found no traces of any of these foods. But Mrs. Mueller positively identified the body this morning. She pointed out that her husband had his left canine tooth missing. Well, now, wait a minute. The left canine tooth of the victim was knocked out after death. Well, I'll be a cross-eyed turnkey. And furthermore, I've examined some of the unburned portions of the victim's clothing. They were soaked in inflammable chemicals. Mm, murders, men made into a torch. Yeah. Right. Now we've got to start all over again. Look here, Dr. Leach. I don't doubt your word, but we've got to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that the victim is not Dr. Mueller. Is there any portion of the victim's body that isn't burned beyond recognition? Oh, yes. The right side of his face lay on the floor. Uh, any hair on it? Yes, some on the temple. Fine. What are you going to do, Bill? I'm going to get some of the combings out of Dr. Mueller's hairbrush and ask Schneider over at the university to compare them. That'll give us another check. Under Sheriff Beale manages to procure some of Mueller's hair from his military brushes and also to obtain a picture of a man. Albert Schneider, criminologist at the University of California, examines the hair and finds the combings are different from the victim's hair. The unburned ear of the victim is compared with Mueller's ear on the photograph and found to be dissimilar. <laughs> Through the aid of the San Francisco examiner, a dentist is found who had done work on Dr. Mueller's teeth. He examines the corpse and finds that the body is not that of Mueller. Police now send a search for Harwood. An undertaker in Placerville is located who identifies the murder victim as Harwood himself. Friendless, itinerant labor and religious fanatic. $1,000 reward. Arrest and hold one Dr. Heinrich Mueller, wanted for murder. 36 years old, height 6 feet 1 inch, weight 200 pounds. Mueller is wanted for the murder of Thomas Harwood, 
in his laboratory at Walnut Creek, Contra Costa County, California, on Thursday, July 30th, 1925, at 9 p.m. Mueller was heavily insured for the benefit of his wife. $1,000 reward would be paid for the arrest and delivery of Heinrich Mueller to me at any place in the world. Arrest, hold, and wire at my expense. I hold warrant for murder. While descriptions of Miller are sent to every police station in the world, while police are watching all railroad and bus terminals, steam trips, docks, airports, and highways, while customs officers are scanning each person who crosses the Canadian and Mexican borders, newspapers all over the country are prominently featuring Miller's picture and description and asking their readers to look for him. and no trace is discovered of the fugitive. Public interest runs high, and the manhunt is the subject of conversation everywhere. So it's no wonder that as Mr. and Mrs. Stanford, owners of an apartment house in Oakland, are winding up an evening at bridge with the couple next door, that the conversation turns to the crime. Well, I think it's terrible if the police haven't done anything about it. Haven't done anything about it? Why, darling, you don't realize what a swell job we've done already. I was talking to my friend Ralph Pigeon. Uh, you know him, Eddie. He's a patrolman on the Berkeley Fort. Sure, I know Ralph. Why, uh, Ralph tells me that if it hadn't been for Sheriff Veal insisting on an autopsy, we'd have buried that poor Harvard thinking he was Miller. Yeah. Mrs. Miller was anxious to get the thing over with. Sure looked like an accident. Well, how did they know Dr. Mueller did it? Looks well, like he did it all right. He skipped town. They found he'd drawn $900 out of the bank the morning of the murder. Yeah, and he had himself insured for 200 grand. And him an intelligent man, too, with an education and all. Just don't seem possible with a fellow like that to do such a thing. Have you seen a picture of him, Stella? Oh, land sakes, no. I've been so busy getting these apartments redecorated, I ain't seen the paper for two weeks. All I know is what Joe tells me. Uh, if you ever get a look at the guy's picture, you think he could do it. Yeah. I'd like to get a look at his picture. Well, it must be around here someplace. Uh, what is that last Thursday don't Oh, it's right there by the Davenport. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you are, Stella. Look at that picture. Certainly does look cruel. Mm-hmm. Why, Joe! Huh? Oh, what? Why, he's a dead image for Captain Spangler. What? Yes, look. Now put your hand over the lower half of the picture. See? The eyes are the same. Who's Captain Spangler? Oh, you know, that mining engineer from Mexico. He's always taken an apartment with us here every time he's been north in the last two years. Oh, yeah? Is he back? Yeah. Yeah, I came in town a week ago Thursday. Thursday. Oh, wait a minute. Mueller committed this murder Thursday night. The Captain Spangler's been acting mighty queer. Never acted like it before. I tried to talk to him yesterday about the murder. He walked right by me. He's rude about it. Said he didn't know nothing about murders and didn't want to. And a couple of days ago, when I went up to clean the apartment, he yelled at me to go away and leave him alone. Oh, sure looks like this picture. Hey, you better call the police. Oh, but what if Captain Spangler isn't Dr. Mueller, but is really Captain Spangler? Why, they might sue us. Yeah, and if Captain Spangler is Dr. Mueller, you can go to the pen for harboring a fugitive. I'm going to call up Ralph Pigeon right away. Within a half an hour, a posse of police under the command of Captain C.D. Lee arrives at the apartment house. Captain Lee deploys his men around the building, covering every exit. Then he approaches the door of apartment number seven, where Captain Spangler is seated. I can hear someone moving around in there. Hit it again. Open up, Mueller. 
the law. I have a warrant for your arrest for murder. Come on, open up. Come on, come on, break this door now. Break it in.
All Cars, the presentation of the Rio Grande Oil Company. Welcome to police calling all cars, attention all cars. Calling all Los Angeles County Sheriff's cars, broadcast 50, regarding a murder on Riverside Drive. All cars be on the lookout 